Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now... build a great, great wall. Some alien race to come down and threaten us. Is the singularity near? The truth is out there. The military-industrial complex. The seven mountains of the influencers of culture. To be as gods, you know. Change has come to America. Catapult of propaganda. From a secure location on top of the ridge, in the heart of the beautiful Missouri Ozarks, this is a view from the bunker. Now, here's Derek Gilbert. Reality is a lot stranger and a lot more complex than most of us uh, admit. And uh, that's really saying something for us Christians because we believe in an invisible creator God who literally spoke the universe into existence. Uh, We ought to be the ones on the cutting edge of understanding the high weirdness taking place in the universe around us. Welcome to A View from the Bunker. I'm Derek Gilbert. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Derek Gilbert, I appreciate that. Uh, Click the little... uh, Subscribe button down here in the bottom right, bottom right. Whichever the bottom right is, you'll see the little button down there. Uh, Joining me on the video here, uh, a couple of men who have done some yeoman's work in terms of uh, digging out this information, researching it, and putting it together in an accessible format and doing it in a couple of formats now. Um, The author of Power Quest Volumes 1 and 2, The Final Babylon, Lying Wonders of the Red Planet, um, our good friend uh, Doug Woodward. Doug, welcome. Thank you. Good to be with you, Derek, as always. And a man who, uh, in fact, just yesterday, somebody uh, literally said this. Um, I know it's true because it says so on the back of the box here, but uh, uh, John B. Wells uh, was honored to be on his program yesterday. And uh, John said, you know, Anthony Patch is the go-to guy for anything you want to know about the Large Hadron Collider and CERN. And so uh, I will take his word for it. And like I said, it's also on the back of the box. So uh, the two men are co-authors of the book, Revising Reality, A Biblical Look into the Cosmos, Volume 1, but also collaborated on this new video project with Lynn Liaz called CERN Decoded. So, Anthony, welcome to the program. Thank you, Derek. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks. This is a, it's a fascinating topic. It's one that we've looked at, uh, but I'm not a uh, one who really grasps well the the intricacies of uh, the, the dynamics of the Large Hadron Collider and what they're trying to do there. Um, I've known about particle accelerators for a long time because lived near one. I lived near one up in the Chicago area, the, uh, the Fermilab. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, that was in the news every now and then. And be kind of, kind of a, being kind of a science nerd as a kid growing up, I thought, well, that's really cool, smashing stuff together to see what happens. Um, this uh, two-hour video presentation that you and Doug collaborated on with uh, Lynn Liaz, um, uh, you know, Anthony, what, what is just sort of an overview of um, CERN and, and what are they doing that needs to be decoded? Well, CERN, in a nutshell, is a project in which they are trying, in their words, to recreate the model of the beginning or the origins of what we know as our universe and they put it in the parlance of the Big Bang Theory to recreate that in the laboratory. 
And in order to do that, in their estimation, they need to achieve higher and higher yields of power that are derived from the collision of particles moving at near the speed of light. It also produces the original components that formed at the initial moment of the Big Bang, the quantum particles, such as the Higgs boson that they announced um, back in 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. The so-called God particle, yeah. Exactly. And so they're looking at the original building blocks of the universe within the lab. The thing that is the hidden component is really multi-layered and multifaceted. the agendas that are really occulted from the public. It goes beyond the public pronouncements of the God particle and that they are trying to accelerate particles at higher and higher energy yields. It really goes to the spiritual aspects of what's deriving these 10,000-plus engineers and physicists at CERN. And that, I, I raised that issue because lots of people, including yourself and Tom Horn, um, have discussed the fact that there is a statue to Shiva outside the headquarters of CERN. Right, right. And that sort of got everybody very excited. Well, that's the tip of the iceberg to the spiritual aspects of this. I'm going to cut to the chase and let Douglas jump in here as well, of course. The more recent developments that I'll share with your audience, well beyond the superficial, is that they are actually involved in DNA, DNA research for the purpose of the resurrection of ancient DNA, utilizing what is known as DNA sequencers. The sequencing of the human genome, but taking that ancient DNA, sequencing it, in other words, digitizing that DNA into zeros and ones, Mm -hmm. utilizing a bioprinter to reconstruct from software the DNA in combination, the software in combination with nucleic acids and amino acids, nucleotides and amino acids to be specific, in order to resurrect the dead, we're talking about necromancy. Hmm. I'll let Douglas jump in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Anthony uh, is really always on the cutting edge. And, and um, you know, it's kind of like every two months there's sort of new material that I uh, that I hear from Anthony, and I have to run very, very fast to keep up with him. And uh, this is uh, this is yet another one. Um, the and it's kind of what happened is when we first wrote the book, revising reality, uh, we brought out some things that were uh, pretty new, pretty novel, and uh, yeah. got quite a hearing and, and continued to. And then uh, this this DVD project, which we've just done, um, brings that forward with additional information. And Anthony happens happens to be working on another book, uh, which is called Coalescence, which, Anthony, I'm sure you're going to get into some of these issues about DNA necromancy and so forth. But, but we are definitely connecting some very interesting dots. And, um, you know, and, and it's not just Anthony. I, in the book, Revising Reality, uh, Gon Shimura does a lot on transhumanism. Right. And yep. uh, Josh, Josh Peck, of course, one of your colleagues at Skywatch, uh, did a lot of work, uh, some of it he and I together, on the issue of the Nephilim and ultimately understanding the cosmos as a place where persons – 
dominate, be those persons the true in God, uh, the angels, the good angels, the bad angels, uh, the Nephilim, and then uh, the crown of creation, which very frustrated, really frustrated the angels, the crown of creation being humankind. <laughs> but it is a personal universe, and personality is at the core of the cosmos. So that's one of the messages we're, that we want to get across, of course. Well, this is phenomenal stuff. I mean, high-tech necromancy by digitizing DNA and then essentially printing out a, a, a new generation of, what, humanity 2.0? What, what are we looking at here? Yeah, that's really what it is. Um, this is goes back to the fallen angels, um, you know, mating with female humans. We're reproducing that. I mean, we keep talking about, in reference to CERN, that this is as in the days of Noah and quite literally the days of Nimrod and Osiris and the Tower of Babel. Literally, the machine, the particle collider, all 17 miles of the main ring and the preceding colliders that pre-accelerate particles for the main ring comprise the modern-day version of Nimrod's Tower of Babel. And it has the same implications and applications. So when we talk about necromancy, we talk about humanity 2.0 or hybrids or new fallen angels might be the more accurate way of putting it. That really is what is at play here in these latter days. The book that Douglas and Gons and Josh and I put together really is the foundation for what I'm talking about. It really is important that people understand in context some of these outrageous statements that I present to people now, today, beyond the original book. Because without the foundation, without the background, what I'm putting out does sound outrageous and sounds like hyperbole on my part. But understand that what Douglas and I do is we go to the source material. We don't just make things up. Yes, we're connecting dots, and there are there is some speculation that thanks to Douglas and you know his ability to compile the research of all four of us into something that is more literary he is able to cite in the book where we make those connections and say, this is speculation. Mm -hmm. We are reaching. This is a, for instance, scenario. So we make a clear distinction between the speculation and the fact. But predominantly, the book is fact-filled. It's uh, And it's really just a repetition of um, things that have been taking place for a long time. I mean, one of the things that made my jaw drop when researching my new book, uh, The Great Inception, was that the uh, Amorite kings of the uh, city-state of Ugarit, which was a neighbor to the kingdom of Israel, and, uh, well, it hadn't been the kingdom yet. It would have been during the period of the judges, really, 12th, 13th century B.C., right. uh, were, when a, a new king was crowned. And this was based on a tablet that was found and deciphered about 35 years ago, performed a ritual in which they summoned the spirits of the Rephaim, and the mm -hmm. spirits of something called the Council of the Dadanu. And a scholar named Amar Anus has connected dots and said, you know, this Dadanu, which was a tribe of Amorites, from which the kings of Ugarit and the kings of the old Babylonian Empire, you know, as in Mystery Babylon, the byword for spiritual wickedness to the end of the age, uh, right. they traced their ancestry back to this particular tribe. And this guy, Anus, says that's the root word from which the Greeks got the word Titanes, the Titans the gods who were sent to 
Tartarus, who Peter mentions in his epistle, 2 Peter 2, 4. It's, so it's, it's mind-blowing. The kings, now whether they were actually successfully summoning something, performing this necromancy, uh, necromantic ritual or not, I think is beside the point because they believed they were. And in a spiritual sense, that's all it takes to get you condemned. I mean, you're, you're rebelling against the God of the universe, the God who spoke everything into creation, who said, don't do this. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't go messing with that. So here we are 3,200 years later, and instead of doing this as a summoning ritual during the coronation of a new king, and there are some who would argue that there's something similar going on when a new president is inaugurated at the White House, but that's mm. beside the mm. point. Uh, so now we're just doing it, but we're doing it under the veneer of science. This has had nothing to do with religion. This is science. So how does this Large Hadron Collider smashing these atoms and these particles together, how does this relate in any way, shape, or form to to summoning these spirits of the dead? Well, you... Uh may be familiar with the video that was produced by CERN entitled Symmetry. And in that video, they portray, they present a white playa, a dry lake bed. And there is a circle inscribed in the white playa. And then there is a ritual that takes place within the circle. Now, everybody that's familiar with um, witchcraft is familiar with the relevancy of circles. Mm -hmm. And this is essentially what the main ring is. It is the same thing reproduced, you know, in a 17-mile-long circumference. And they have the four cardinal points of that circle indicated by three-story tall, massive, multi-tonned detectors within which the particle collisions take place. Okay. And those are at the four points of the compass on that circle. Same thing you would do when you are prescribing a circle and a hexagram on the ground for a ritual. Right, okay. It's just the surface. That's just the, the symbol, if you will. But it is actually a place of worship and of rituals. When we talk about DNA from the science, specific science side, what we're talking about here is <clears throat> synchrotron energies. These are gamma rays and X-rays that are a byproduct of accelerating particles through a magnetic field, <clears throat> but pardon me, but are held by magnets to a circular pathway. That circular pathway of particles produces hard X-rays and gamma rays. The hard X-rays are what are used to examine DNA. It's called inferring DNA. It's what is used to illuminate, now there's a reference to Lucifer, but to illuminate hmm. the DNA itself down at the building block levels, at the proteins, to look at the three-dimensional structure of the multifaceted forms of our DNA that are the building blocks, or, or I should say the uh, multifaceted forms of our proteins that form the building blocks of our DNA, of our chromosomes. The reason I give you that explanation is <clears throat> particle accelerators and DNA um, research go hand in hand. It is because of the x-rays produced by the circular machine that they're able to examine our DNA. I'm going to take this back to the mapping of the human genome, which was done at UC Berkeley, 
utilizing their synchrotron particle accelerator, a very small version of CERN, Mm -hmm. at Berkeley, at the Rad Lab. They took Dr. Craig Venter's DNA, his genome, and they mapped it at Berkeley. And he has since gone on to form the Center for Human Longevity, the research facility for human longevity in La Jolla, California. That is where the DNA sequencing research takes place. This is where the DNA 3D printing of DNA takes place. That's the research facility that's at the core of that process I described. His DNA, his genome was the first that was mapped. From Berkeley, they extrapolated that proof of concept work and took it to CERN. Now you have a particle accelerator on a much larger scale that is involved in the resurrection of DNA because you now know, literally at the quantum scale, what the building blocks of DNA are comprised of, utilizing the hard x-rays at CERN to do that. And I'll Mm. stop there. Mm. Just to comment, um, to kind of get us on to the next connection to that, is that the DNA sequencing, Derek... Uh, and Anthony will certainly expand on this. The DNA sequencing may not be for humanity. It may be for angelic beings. Hmm. And in fact, it's not necessarily our belief, but the Titans, um, those, uh, you know, some say there were nine. Of course, the the Egyptians have the Aeneid, the nine. Right, the nine. Um, yep, exactly. Uh, a lot of the occult groups believe that these titans are in fact not in the abyss, not inside the earth, but they're inside a black cube on the planet Saturn. Oh. And that the DNA transfer, and I'll, I'll just tee this up for, for Anthony, the DNA transfer, <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm taking him out into the deep water now, the DNA transfer may be intended by the people at CERN to bring back the titans that are locked in like the Phantom Zone from Superman, locked into the Black Cube at Saturn. Now, this is fascinating because Saturn, of course, is the the Roman name for Cronus, who was the king of the Titans, who was one of the angels who, uh, if we assume that they are the the same entities, and I believe mm-hmm. they are, as the, the watchers of the, mm-hmm. uh, the Hebrew Bible, right. the ones who created the Nephilim. Yep. Um, so... And I know that there's there's some oddities about the planet Saturn that that Many. I don't know that there have been any any real good explanations for like that that strange what what is the shape on the the pole in the in the cloud cover there is hexagon. It the hexagon and then you've got that one ring that that looks like it's been disturbed by the, the, like the wake of a boat or something um, the spiral this, yeah so okay so black cube on on Saturn. Uh, you know, I've, I've done, tried to do a little research onto this, and I, I, I haven't made a whole lot of headway because everything I seem to find is on websites where people type in all caps, you know, and I don't tend to give them a lot of credibility. But <laughs> what, 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 you know, it's, my new hobby is reading academic papers, you know, papers from academic journals, and that's, that's what I put together. Good. But it's still, Good. it's still, when you, you put all that together and view it through a biblical lens, you come up with some really startling stuff. So what, what is the, the, the weird stuff about Saturn, Anthony, and, and that 
factors into what you guys are decoding here in this uh, this new DVD? Let me set the stage by <clears throat> bringing in mutual friends of ours, all three of us, okay. <clears throat> Doug and Joe Hagman. All right. And I've been on their show. I've been a guest, um, thanks to them, uh, graciously inviting me several times. Back a couple of shows ago, <clears throat> um, Doug Hagman interrupted me when we were talking about this topic of the black cube within Saturn, within the center of the planet. He said that he had had a conversation with um, a contact of his, a longtime contact of his in the intelligence community, who stopped him and said, concerning the black cube, when he raised the question, he said, Doug, you don't know what you're talking about. And he said, you're right, I don't. That's why I'm asking you. He said, what I will tell you is that everyone at the top of the intelligence community know all about the black cube at Saturn. So with that premise, that setting the stage, it means that in order to know about the black cube, we have to look at the occult practices. We have to look at the origins of the secret societies. We have to go back to, as you cited, Sumeria, Babylonian, and, and Egyptian times. In order to understand what's going on now, we have to look backwards. My good friend and co-researcher and co-author Chris from End Times Matrix News is really a formidable researcher in the area of these three ancient societies. In a nutshell, it is throughout the occult secret societies and their worship of the black cube. You can look at um, Saturn as the original sun, as Kronos, the timepiece, the black sun, and therefore the black cube that they worship. Look at Mecca for an example. Right, the black cube. You'll also see the planet. You will see representations of the black cube in many of the major cities as sculptures. So that just as a quick tangent to you to explain it. But when you go into this very deeply into another subject area that I'm going to give you right now, and that has to do with the Book of Enoch. It has to do with mathematics related to Enoch. Hmm. This is called Enochian mathematics, the language of the fallen angels. There's also an alphabet uh, in some circles called a pre-Adamic, pre-Adam alphabet. There is a spoken and a written language along with the mathematics that occurred between Adam and the fallen angels. And this is what has set the, the foundation for this discussion of the black cube, because the mathematics involves very complex geometric shapes, including the hexagon, the penta- pentagon, the pentagrams. All of that that we're familiar with comes from the Sanakian mathematics. I'm going to finish this very quickly by saying that the mathematics that is being employed today is based upon Anakian mathematics. And if people want to make note of a gentleman's name from the 1500s, his name is John D. That's D-E-E, and I know you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. His cohort, Kelly, that set the stage for modern science. They developed the empirical processes of factual quantification of physical processes that were tied to the spiritual side. 
And I've often made the statement, you cannot separate the physical from the spiritual. Modern science, which is has its roots in alchemy and is nothing more than alchem- alchemic processes today, have their origins and their agendas set forth by the spiritual side that they are still in communication with hmm. and obtaining forbidden knowledge from. Hmm. So the... Uh the researchers then at CERN, their hidden agenda is to use this information, use the information that they gather by smashing particles together in some way to, they think, get the information out that they need to somehow reconstitute these, uh, these fallen entities that are now trapped inside this black cube inside Saturn. Is that, is that in, in, a, in a nutshell? That's correct, but there's another leg to the three-legged stool. <laughs> We've talked about particle accelerators as one leg, D, uh, DNA as the second leg. The third leg in this discussion are quantum computers mm. connected to CERN, produced by D-Wave Corporation. Everything that is going on with quantum computers by D-Wave has to do with the implementation, the utilization of Enochian mathematics, and by their own public statements, by the statement of Gordy Rose, one of the co-founders, he said that they are accessing two to the 500th power of parallel dimensions, and they are reaching in and extracting from two to the 500th power of parallel dimensions, extracting resources from those dimensions. Resources. The resources are mathematical computations, formulas, and solutions. They use what is known as combinatorial programming in order to communicate through quantum tunneling the ability to extract forbidden knowledge. That knowledge, that mathematical information is then forwarded on to CERN, and that is what is used to unlock the abyss because CERN sits over the doorway to the abyss. You've heard Tom Horn talk about it being right. present, uh, um, situated over the Roman temple to Abaddon, right, Apollyon, right. the destroyer. The key to the abyss in Revelation 9, where the angel is cast from heaven and is given the key to the bottomless pit to mm-hmm. the abyss, is a key that is encrypted. When you encrypt information you use a key to do that and you use a key to decrypt it this is what d-wave corporation has been able to accomplish with their 4096 a non-public computer not disclosed to the public but a 4096 that represents 4096 qubits or quantum bits the computer ha- is able to crack the code which is the key to open the bottomless pit beneath CERN, raise the dead, reconstitute the DNA of the dead, merge the spirits from the abyss, and now you have the new version of, we can call them the Rephaim, if you like. Wow. Well, again, this this just blows my mind in in that, I mean, it's it's weird enough as it is, but, uh, you know, just, again, piecing this together with the ancient stuff that I was coming up with in the uh, peer-reviewed evidence that links the Rephaim to the biblical Amorites and uh, to, to Greek mythology, 
And, of course, nowadays, Greek mythology is nothing more than fodder for uh, Disney cartoons. So, you know, we've been taught that it's nothing more than entertaining fiction. It's how we brainwash our children early on. Oh, sorry. My wife is waving to me from the door over there. Hi, Hi Sharon. What's it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. She was here keeping me on track with uh, what, we, what we had to do back in the studio uh, through, the, through the wall here to my right. Um, this I is, thought maybe our discussion had had to cause you to start levitating about three feet off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I had to come back for that, but not for this program. So, <laughs> <laughs> after the fact, we'll come back to that. Happily married man. Um, yes, but yeah, this is this is uh, incredible. And one of the other things that 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 really uh, I, I thought was. Amazing, and I don't know how to fact. Well, it may it may be apropos of nothing. I'll just throw this out there as a data point for people to consider. The god Apollo, Apollyon, was also the the uh, Semitic god Reshef. And in Habak- mm-hmm. Habakkuk three, uh, there's a uh, the, the the prophet there is retelling the account of God stepping out from uh, and leading essentially the Israelites out from Mount Sinai, Mount Paran, uh, to the conquest of, of Canaan, the, the holy ground, uh, the holy land. And accompanying Yahweh was plague and pestilence. That's how it's translated in English. But if you look at the original Hebrew, plague is, uh, let's see, I keep getting them mixed up. Pestilence is a Canaanite demon, essentially, a deity by the name of Deber, D-E-B-E-R. And plague is the god Reshef. So when God <laughs> stepped out from Mount Sinai to take, he had these demonic entities or fallen angels basically doing his will. Mm. And yet Apollo, mm. Apollyon, Reshef, also the Babylonian god Nurgle, same entity, different names, um, mm-hmm. will play a key role in what is to come. Revelation 9, he's got the key, and yet... Even though apparently he was subservient at that one point in history when God was stepping out, he appears in Revelation to be freelancing, even though God knows it's going to happen. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the Bible. Mm. Unless, is it possible? God is saying, okay, Apollo, this is your job. Go do this now. Oh, yeah. It certainly is. Yep. We know that. Go ahead. I've I've been too long. That's okay. The, the providentially, the, the Lord uh, certainly has used lying spirits and uh, deception from um, entities that that's their job, and uh, the Lord allows it. It's not that he creates it directly. It's not that he performs it, but he allows it for his higher purposes, mm-hmm. and that, that seems to be a consistent message that we get from the stories uh, both in the Old Testament as well as uh, interpretations and stories in the New Testament. So it's absolutely uh, conceivable. But I, I didn't know about those references to other gods, but you know, given um, the fellow you've been hanging out with lately, Derek, uh, Michael Heiser, mm. um, it, that's got to fit right into his narrative. Mm. It just uh, is it, – what it, what it does is I think shows us that the uh, workings in the spirit realm are far more complex – than, than we ever thought. I mean, we just assume that anyone who's not working for God, like, you know, Michael and Gabriel, 
uh, has got to be working for the enemy. And yet there are other and there are other examples throughout the Bible. But this one, I think, is particularly interesting because it's the one who's supposedly got the key to the pit Mm. and unlocks it in Revelation nine. And I always assume, well, okay, okay, he must be evil. But in the Bible, we see and there are other instances where Reshef is doing God's will in bringing judgment and clearly, well, that's what's happening in the, in the book of Revelation, too, is that judgment is being the, loosed upon the world. Right. The, the fact that Revelation 9 describes the angel descending with the key to the bottomless pit, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, we've, you know, some would assume, well, that angel is Lucifer or that angel is even Jesus. Right. But perhaps that angel is, in fact, Apollo. You know, could that be a possibility? Um, could be, you know, the key to the bottomless pit. In fact, as, as Anthony talks about, this gets into some of the complexities of quantum computing and how it wor- how it works. But yeah, you know, before you can uh, uh, encrypt and decrypt uh, a quantum computing based message, you have to have a key. That is the key right. to unlock the message. And, um, and so, you know, it's kind of a play on words, but there may be more to it than that. Hmm. So it's certainly conceivable, especially since that whole, that whole context of Scripture culminates with the discussion about Apollyon and Abaddon, uh, whose name is Destroyer. Right, right, and, right. Uh, and so forth. So it, it kind of seems like it's woven together. And are, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Go ahead. Anthony, no, go, go, ahead. Go, go ahead, Derek. Well, there are other places in the Old Testament where uh, Abaddon is is referenced, and I need to do more research on this because it's possible that uh, Abaddon um, that there are there are things in those other references that I have missed. It just this this one kind of jumped out at me, surprising and surprised me while I was doing the research uh, because it was in the context of researching the Semitic gods like Baal who were present in Egypt at the time of the sojourn. The Israelites, while they were in Egypt, uh, we, we often hear about the uh, the judgments, the, the plagues sent on Egypt as judgments on the gods of Egypt. But uh, the, uh, the gods of Egypt during that pis- period of history weren't Egyptian gods because northern Egypt was under the control of these Semitic people uh, called um, the Hyksos, and they worshipped mm-hmm. Baal and Astart, Ishtar. Uh, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, Reshef was one of them. In fact, uh, for several hundred years, Reshef was one of the more popular gods in Egypt. The uh, 200 years after the Exodus, uh, Ramses the Great named one of his military divisions, the, you know, the Reshef division, because he was a god of war, like Apollo. He was portrayed as an archer. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. also, interestingly enough, at Ugarit, which I mentioned earlier, Reshef was considered the god who was the gatekeeper to the underworld just like Apollo, Apollo, and Abaddon. So mm-hmm. it, it, it is possible, and, I, and again, I don't mean to sidetrack from your research here and the, and the, the DVD, which is fascinating stuff. I watched it in my office the other day. Um, mm-hmm. the, that, uh, this is a huge double cross where these occultists, and I want to bring this back to you, Anthony, and ask you about this, uh, the occultists who think they are doing the will of their god, Apollo, Apollyon, are in fact being played for idiots by the fallen, and this is a test that God is allowing, essentially mm-hmm. to flush out the you know those upon whom judgment will be worked, and that when this abyss is opened, it's not the faithful who have accepted Jesus Christ who are going to be here to suffer that judgment. It's going to be the idiots who unlock the abyss. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You get to enjoy the scorpion army. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you know, to a certain extent, the people at CERN that produce their video that I mentioned, Symmetry, I encourage people to watch that. I'll put a link to that um, in the show notes, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That, it actually shows the opening of the portal, but at the same time that the portal opens, essentially there's a massive earthquake and the machine is destroyed. So they sort of understand the risk that's involved here, but somehow they think that they're going to be immune from the judgment. <laughs> We're too smart. This Bad things never happen to smart people. <laughs> right. So you're, you're spot on. This is the worship of Lucifer. And these poor folks that are involved with CERN, whether it's specifically in Geneva, Switzerland, or the ancillary laboratories around the world that feed the proof-of-concept research into CERN, they've been deceived. They've believed the lie that ye shall be as gods. Yeah. This is all the agenda towards immortality. They believe that they are going to be able to sidestep God's judgment. God is allowing this under his overall plan. This is free will at play. Yeah. This is, the, this is the, the sorting of the wheat from the tares and the tares from the wheat. But unfortunately, because of the deception that they've fallen under, this belief in immortality, again, going back to DNA, this is all about quantum computers and DNA. Don't worry about the particle accelerator side of it. That plays into it, but it's just a tool. It's like your big drill, mm -hmm. okay, big power drill. Where the real game is being played is quantum computing. And from that, the next step is DNA modification and resurrection, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then it's this portal discussion at CERN. So it is a three-legged stool. The important thing to keep in mind here is that this does play out according to my interpretation of Revelation 12. And that is the opening of the abyss. Hmm. Okay. Revelation 9 is the opening of the abyss, but I want to take a leap to 12 because we're talking about September, September 23rd, and Virgo mm -hmm. being birthed in Jupiter. Right, right. Okay, or in Virgo, there's Jupiter being birthed. A lot of discussion about the 23rd of September is revolved around the possibility of the time of the rapture. Right. But I'm not a date setter, and so I'm not going to step into that discussion. What I would like to illustrate, however, is that this is more about the birthing of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist uh, in mm -hmm. September. And that most definitely is tied into CERN. Now, I'm not going to make a long discussion out of it or presentation, but I just to give you that as something else to take a look at on your own in your own research. But mm -hmm. to go back to your discussion about the gods— Many times people hear about the names of gods and deities, and they think, well, they're mythical. They're spiritual only. There's no DNA involved here. There's no body. But I would like for you to continue to research in your own area the actual physical manifestation of these mythical individuals that are presented in myth outside the Bible mm -hmm. and within the Bible. Yeah. The other thing I would encourage you to look at, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not fully versed in all this either. I'm still digging. But what I would like to help you with is to look at the planets in relation to the Kabbalah tree. The Kabbalah tree is a representation of our solar system. 
and it is a representation of the existing, though weak, electrical connections between the planets. Ah, and as ah. you've seen in the DVD, and we have laid out in this book, Revising Reality, this goes to the Thunderbolts Project and their research into the model of the universe known as the electric universe. Right. Part of the discussion of the planets, the Kabbalah tree, Saturn, the black cube, the hexagon at the North Pole, the spiral at the Southern Pole of Saturn, is another layer to the agenda, and that is the electrical enhancement of the connection between all the planets, specifically, let's talk about Earth and Saturn, CERN will produce what are known as Birkeland currents. They look exactly like DNA. They're a twisted helix, a twisted pair of oppositely charged particles that naturally exist in the universe. Many of them are light years in length. But they will produce a Birkeland current electrical connection from CERN to the southern pole of Saturn. Really? The purpose of that is to unlock the black cube and thus release the titans of old. Wow. And from there, electrically enhance the connections between all the planets, as is represented by the Kabbalah tree. And the Kabbalah tree also represents, by way of each planet, all of the deities that are spawned by the original planet, Saturn. Saturn spawned Jupiter and so forth and so on. Hmm. So I'll stop there. So who are the uh, groups responsible for this? I mean, this this sounds like it's uh, a really big undertaking. I mean, bigger than, you know, just the Freemasons or just the <laughs> Jesuits or just bigger the— Bigger than the Manhattan Project. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is huge. I mean, who, who what are the groups behind this, and, and uh, how, how old are these groups? How long have they been working at this? You want to wow. field that one, Douglas? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. We, we certainly believe that, um, and there's a number of researchers, even Joseph P. Farrell, who's, who uh, researches really more from a secular right, uh, yeah. standpoint. But um, uh, there, there is a connection with Germany. Um, there was a, um, a group kind of tied into, um, you know, really the, the Golden Dawn, uh, Aleister Crowley, uh, Ordo Templo, uh, Templi Orientis. Uh, this group was known as the uh, Saturnus Fra- Saturnia Fraternus, I believe is how it was pronounced, but it was the Saturn Fraternity. Hmm. And it was considered the most diabolical uh, and sinister of the cults. It didn't really officially appear in Germany until after the uh, First World War, but very likely that it existed long before. But it appears that uh, a number of the uh, sort of mystery religion aspects of this kind of bled into the occult, um, I guess, folklore ideology behind CERN. Um, and, and, you know, we see certainly like in the, the tunnel – uh, the Gotthard Tunnel, uh, that ritual. Yeah. We see all of the heads of Europe and so forth, the royalty. Um, it doesn't take much research to unearth the fact that the the royalty have maintained their power and control 
through the eons, really through the millennia, through, um, we believe, uh, ritual, sexual rituals, uh, ritual sacrifice, and so forth. So the, the whole, you know, this whole thing gets tied together. Uh, based upon the connections between the kings of the earth, talked about in Psalms 2 and beyond. The Lord laughs at the kings of the earth because they think they have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. They think they have it all under control and uh, that they have been working for millennia to produce ultimately the man of sin, the Antichrist. And uh, and so, you know, uh, Anthony hasn't talked about Osiris yet and what may be happening on the calendar of events at uh, at Saturn, but uh, but we should probably jump and talk about Osiris um, because that really fits right into the discussion and and you have some interesting speculation. By the way, I should add that that much of what we're talking about is not necessarily our belief system because mm-hmm. we believe in the scripture, but right. this Amen. is we believe the belief system of many of the the heads at CERN. And oh, by the way, Anthony, you might mention the Jesuit connection as well at CERN because it it plays heavily into this as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, the there are two two leadership positions at CERN. There's the CERN Council, which is the administrative group, and the president of that council now for the second year is a Jesuit. The director for engineering and computation at CERN, the science side of it, is a Jesuit. Many of the physicists and engineers likewise are Jesuits. What we're talking about is the line to the black pope. Gotcha. Not Pope Francis, the white, visible public pope. He's also but, a Jesuit. Even though he is a Jesuit. <laughs> yeah, but he's not the... That's right. He's not the, he's a Jesuit. He's not talking the about, Right. That's right. Talking about That's the right. general, literally the Jesuit general. Right. And mm-hmm. that who that is who is directing this. That is where the source and the funneling of funds passes through the Jesuit hands. You know, the funny thing is when I threw out the Jesuits name there, I was kind of being facetious. I didn't really realize the Jesuits were actually involved. Well, the Holy Spirit's talking to you. In in a leadership position, no less. Wow. So to give an example, a public example of Saturn and its connection to the Jesuits, to the Pope, look at the vestments that the white Pope wears. You will see Saturn. You will see the black cube. You will see the worship of the sun on his white robe vestments and in the crowns that he wears, the headgear that he wears beyond just, you know, the fish head. So I'm being very, very brief here. But the point here that we're leading into, Douglas mentioned Osiris. Now, Osiris was the mythical god, but he in human form, bodily form, because he was both a, he was a hybrid. He was both a immortal as well as a human in a hybrid body in the form of Nimrod, hmm. who built the original Tower of Babel, which, as I said, is CERN today. Now, we know what happened with the Tower of Babel, and we know about the scattering of the languages into 70 languages. But the point here is that this goes all the way back to DNA. Now, I said that CERN is like your big drill, your big power drill. The quantum computers essentially are like a telephone system, a communication system to fallen angels to obtain this forbidden knowledge that now manifests as the technologies of today. All of what you see in our high-tech world is 
forbidden knowledge that's been built. We're not supposed to have these forms of communication, like 5G Wi-Fi, which is rolling out, mm -hmm. what I call immersion, full immersion Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. But without going into a, a tangent, what I'm talking about here, what it all funnels down to, computers, particle accelerators, comes right back to DNA, comes right back to the mating, as we said, with fallen angels. It is all about reconstructing, resurrecting, if you will, in this example, the DNA of Nimrod, the DNA of Osiris. The literal head of Nimrod Osiris was found, was, I should say, stolen in Iraq and brought to the Vatican. It will be transported from the Vatican, I believe, and this is speculation, but I believe in September they will move his DNA to CERN. Now, if you look at the ancient studies, it indicates that his head, his DNA, has been preserved in a clay pot, in a clay jar, as it's described. And within that jar is what is um, referred to as the, um, the fire, the sacred fire, to preserve the mm. DNA mm. for a future resurrection of Nimrod, mm. of Osiris. Truly they, hermetically sealed. Yeah. Hermetically <laughs> sealed. Yeah. <laughs> <And this laughs> By Hermes go, himself. Right. <laughs> this does go to the tablet of Hermes. Hermes is all through this. And there's hundreds of tablets that Hermes put together, writings. Anyway, that DNA will be moved to CERN, specifically to the center point of the circle, the main ring. Again, circle and ritual. In their symmetry video, they show a human figure that is dancing and, and twirling in a circle, within the circle. This is a ritual of what is going on with the circular acceleration of particles at CERN in the collider. And it is the resurrection of his DNA that this figure is portraying as he spins, as he twirls about in the center of the circle. The head of Osiris, the DNA more specifically, will be moved to what is known as the north area. The north area is the center point of this circle, of the main ring. It is presently called the north area impact point. This impact point is where the beams, the particles, when they're completed, when they're finished with their experiments, they dump the beams, they dump the energies into this impact point. It is constructed of concrete layers, sandwiching layers of lead. Okay, now lead is important when we talk about alchemy because we're talking lead into gold. Transmutation, right. Yeah. Exactly. And they've already done this at CERN. It's all in the papers. They will merge the DNA with that impact point. Hmm. That impact point is where two things, three things really will occur. One, the resurrection of Osiris's DNA. Two, the opening of the portal at that location. Mm -hmm. And three, the generation of the Birkeland currents that will then connect Earth to Saturn at the southern pole of Saturn. Hmm. Three things simultaneously will occur there. Now, the reason I mentioned the gold is because gold comprises the DNA of these ancient deities. Right. You're you are transmuting the lead into gold 
in order to resurrect the DNA of Osiris, which is preserved in this clay pot preserved by the sacred fire. So this is all coming together from the time in the ancients. This is why we see pharaohs being preserved, being mummified. This is all for merging the spirits coming out of the abyss with the DNA that exists above, outside the abyss, utilizing forbidden knowledge, high technology to reconstruct this DNA. Everything's about DNA all the way through history. What you've described, you, what you've described, that, that circle with the the point in the middle where uh, is where the uh, the DNA would be. Do I understand that correctly? That would be the point in the center of the circle where the DNA would be deposited for the resurrection. Well, that, that's yes. the that's the circumpunct. That was the symbol in the lost symbol by Dan Brown. That was supposed right. to be the key to life, the universe, and everything. I guess. Um, yep. So not a coincidence, I assume. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you it's may, a, it, just a comment, Derek. I was going to say is it is it gives a, a really interesting kind of new take on what it might mean for the false prophet to give life to the image of the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, you oh, know, yeah, and uh, yeah. so it's you know perhaps this is not the way it will happen. But uh, Anthony has done a lot of research into ancient documents along with Chris. And uh, and so much of what he is saying here is not just from his imagination; it's from research yeah. into ancient documents from a number of these uh, ancient civilizations that are pointing to this event. And the thing is, whether it's and this is a, a criticism that I hear occasionally from people who say we spend too much time talking about the transhumanist movement at Skywatch TV mm-hmm. or you know whatever else because the science isn't there; they can't do it. Uh, the 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 researchers who think they can actually construct an artificial super intelligence are are deceived that it'll never happen well it doesn't really matter if they can do it or not you know mm. they believe they can and they're convincing right. other people that they can and drawing them away from the one thing that's true which is that the only way to eternal life is through Jesus Christ so Indeed. whether whether they can or they can't is really beside the point the point is mm-hmm. it's not the truth. It's not the gospel, the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Um, boy, th- this is this is really deep stuff, and I know we're only scratching the surface here, but uh, I, you know, just I try to keep these to a manageable length for people to listen to in one sitting, <laughs> right. and then hopefully pursue the, uh, the the book and the DVD that our guests have spent so much time putting together to uh, get more information out of that, those sources. Um, the, the the black sun. Uh, am I, do I remember correctly that was a, a an organization within the Nazi Party or that there were groups yes. within? Okay, so you've got the, the Black still a, Sun and there. And that's still a factor. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, the Osiris-Nimrod connection, I know that uh, Peter D. Goodgame in his book uh, Second Coming of the Antichrist talked about right. that and uh, identified Nimrod as the Sumerian king Enmerkar who perhaps left and went to Egypt and formed the first dynasty of Egypt as the king Narmer. But then was deified upon his death at Osiris. Is that the track you're following with that research? Yep. Okay. Wow. This is sort of like the uh, the unified field conspiracy theory, and I, and I and I'm not <laughs> the saying of everything, and I'm not saying that to 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 belittle it or or you know yep. to to poke fun at it, but it's it, it is draws a, well, a lot of things in that uh, are are really intriguing and and, and you know. Yeah. 
Well, again, I, I want to emphasize that it takes the foundational work in revising reality to begin mm-hmm. to have touch points that make sense. And then my book that's coming out with Chris Coalescence will, de- will be focused more on the ancients as the players in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And then Douglas and I will be coming out with volume two of Revising Reality with right. some other co-authors contributing, because this is a continuing story. There is no end point until our Savior comes back. Right, right. And then it's eternity for our souls, for us. Yes. So there is no end point. But in terms of an earthly story, there is so much to present to the public that we could be writing for years and years and years. Yeah. So I really want to emphasize that at at this point in time, there's a three-step process that Douglas and I are involved in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just to assure uh, the viewers and the listeners, um, you know, we begin the book with Christology, with the cosmos, mm-hmm. with creation, with Genesis 1. And all this is placed within the context of the scripture. And so, um, you know, the speculation, I do my best as the editor to sort of say, oh, Anthony, were you speculating there? Or was that, was that from the papers in CERN? So we try to, to be careful uh, as to what speculation right. and what is, is factually from the position papers and white papers published right. by the scientists at CERN as well. So, and, and again, as I said, we we cover other issues, the man-machine uh, issue that, that Gans did some great work on. I'm sort of publishing pieces of that through my blog right now and uh, giving him some exposure. But what Anthony and I you know, have done in terms of CERN is two of the 12 chapters. So it's an immense story. Yeah. Well, we encourage you to uh, – you viewers, listeners to uh – dig into the information that they've compiled here. The book, Revising Reality, we've talked about that before. And uh, the, four, the the five-way interview that we did, I think, was one of the most uh, intriguing that we've done in the seven years that I've had uh, View from the Bunker uh, on mm. the uh, interwebs. But uh, the new DVD, CERN Decoded, uh, Lin, Lin Liaz uh, collaborating with uh, Anthony and Doug on this. Um, where do people go to get one or both of these uh, products? Well, um, several of the ministries uh, are uh, are selling and promoting both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, Southwest Radio Church, Prophecy in the News, uh, but uh, viewers that that have uh, accounts at Amazon, they're both available. Uh, can be purchased, uh, you know, and the the book is an ebook as well as in paperback form, and that's available on iBook Nook. Lulu as well, but mm-hmm. uh, you can order if you have a Prime account on Amazon, then you can get a copy of the DVD in in two days. So, I would encourage people to do that. Well, excellent. I mean, this is a fascinating discussion, and this is the kind of stuff that uh, you know I talk about with my wife because she actually understands the science better than I do. She's the scientist. I just talk a lot, you know. She's and written about some of these things. She too. has Let's actually. She has. Uh, She's so, written, and I remember a, a deal we did in Chicago a few years ago where she talked a lot about these things. Right. So and it is uh, so you know I get a lot of this at home, but I, I find this endlessly fascinating, and especially when I begin to see you know the fog slowly lifts from my brain, and I begin to see how these pieces fit together with the the, the ancients who were engaging in similar yeah. behavior, but they just didn't have the technological tools that we have available to us today. But, Different uh, tools, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> Tower of Babel, another discussion. <laughs> exactly. Same same stuff, different millennium. That's right. <laughs> well, Doug, Doug Woodward, Anthony Patch, thank you very much for your time today, gentlemen. We'll have to do this again very soon. 
Yep. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Check the show notes at VFTB.net or if you're watching this on YouTube, youtube.com slash Derek Gilbert. Look below, below the video, and uh, there'll be notes there in the uh, show description. Uh, fascinating stuff. I need to do more more research on this because one of the things that um, I, I, I discovered in researching my book, The Great Inception, which we are now told, by the way, will be available the second week of April. And this is on the printer. The printer had promised us the books by um, March the uh, 5th or so. So we uh, felt comfortable promising a ship date of March the 7th. Now we're told we'll get them April the 8th. No explanation as to why. That's just how it is. So so if you have ordered the uh, Cosmic War collection from Skywatch TV, please uh, appreciate your patience. um, And and trust me, since this is my first book that uh, Sharon and I didn't self-publish. I'm really eager to see a copy of it myself. So uh, Jeffrey Martis did an awesome job with the cover. Very excited about the way the book looks, and I'm proud of the way it turned out. Uh, And there's some really exciting information in there. One of the things that really surprised me was learning that the um, kings of Ugarit, which was a Canaanite city-state near the ancient uh, Israelites, uh, their language was very similar to ancient Hebrew. They were Baal worshippers for the most part, but they had a ritual that was performed at least for the coronation of the last king of Ugarit. He was the last one in power when um, the Sea Peoples overwhelmed them in the uh, late 13th century BC or early 12th century BC, somewhere around 1190 BC, somewhere in there during the time of the judges um, to summon the spirits of the Rephaim and to summon the spirits of something they called the Council of the Datanu. Um, The Datanu, according to scholar Amar Anus, was the name of an Amorite tribe from which the kings of Babylon, the ancient Assyrian, the old Assyrian Empire, and the kings of Ugarit, and possibly other royal houses from uh, various Amorite dynasties as well, traced their descent. They all traced their ancestry back to this, um, this ancestor named Dedan or Datanu. And Dedan in the Bible is uh, the name of one of the nephews of Nimrod, by the way. Coincidence? Mm, I don't know. Uh, but the uh, that would make the um, uh, the the uh, this the the name of this uh, this tribe, this Dedanu or Dedanu, Tedanu, was the um, root word from which the Greeks got the names of their old gods, the Titans, the ones who were punished by being sent down to Tartarus. And if we connect the titans of Greek mythology to the angels who sinned in 2 Peter 2, 4, the ones who were likewise thrust down into Tartarus, then we've got um, archaeological evidence that these Amorite kings of Ugarit were trying to summon the spirits of the Watchers to bless the new incoming king, which then leads back to what... um, Anthony has been talking about regarding the worship of Saturn, because Saturn is just the Roman name for the Greek god Kronos, who was a leader of the Titans. It's all connected. So, more research needed, and um, there, there will probably be a future book and or video project coming out of this uh, down the road. Um, next weekend is the Hear the Watchman conference. And so we're very much looking forward to that, Sharon and me. Um, that is the uh, 
trip to Dallas that we've been talking about for months now, uh, the conference called God's Great Gathering or the G3 Intelligence Briefing. We're looking forward to seeing uh, friends like uh, L.A. Marzulli, Pastor Carl Gallops, Russ Dizdar. We haven't seen Russ and Shelley in several years. I saw him briefly in uh, 2014 when I was still selling steel, and uh, my employer sent a bunch of us out to his part of Ohio to tour a company that makes steel grating, the kind of stuff that you drive across in an oil change place, or you might see on a sidewalk to help drain water off of the sidewalk or the roadway. Yeah. While we were out there, um, got together with Russ and we went out to, uh, went out to dinner, but that's the last time I have seen him. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Dr. Michael Lake, of course, Josh Peck will be traveling with us. Uh, so assuming he doesn't do anything that gets the TSA upset at the airport, we should be there, uh, next week, Thursday. Looking forward to that. Um, so, the conference is sold out. The only way you can participate at this point is through live video stream. And you can do so and save 5% on the registration cost by using the promo code Gilbert5. That's Gilbert and the numeral 5. Uh, the uh, place to do that is here the watchmen, here.com. That's here the watchmen.com. We uh, have also just agreed to um, be a part of a, another conference. This will be in Boise, Idaho. This is the Sign in the Heavenlies Redemption Convention, Boise, Idaho, April 18th through the 22nd at the Riverside Hotel in Boise. Uh, Dr. Michael Lake will be there. L.A. Marzulli will be there. Pastor Paul Begley. And, um, oh yeah, a total eclipse of the sun will be there as well. So participate in that. And as part of the conference on Monday, August 21st, we'll take a, uh, a bus up to the Continental Divide. And watch the total eclipse of the sun right there in Boise. Oh, it's going to be a uh, a great get-together in a beautiful part of the country. Uh, again, that's Boise, Idaho, April 18th through the 22nd at the Riverside Hotel. For more information, hearthewatchmen.com. In September, Branson, Missouri will host the True Legends Conference. That's at the Mansion Theater in Branson. Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, L.A. Marzulli. We can't go anywhere without running into him these days. Timothy Alberino, Dr. Michael Lake him too. Uh, Anselm P. Rambla and uh, Pastor David Lankford will be there, and I will be one of the speakers. So uh, hopefully we can see you there. This will be in our backyard. The True Legends Conference, the uh, Mansion Theater in Branson, September 15th through the 17th. Register for that at gen6conferences.com. That's G-E-N-S-I-X conferences.com. And then in October, our friends at Prophecy Watchers hosting the Blessed Hope Prophecy Forum. Sharon and I will be speaking at that along with Gary Stearman, Tom Horn, L.A. Marzulli, Dr. Randall Price, Tommy Ice, uh, Bill Salas, Jonathan Kahn, uh, Tim Alberino, um, Billy Crone, Carl Tykrib, Dr. Ken Johnson, Dr. Michael Lake again, uh, Colonel Bob McGinnis, it, uh, 33 speakers in all. Um, Going to be a great get-together there. Uh, almost overwhelming, actually. This will be at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, the Blessed Hope Prophecy Forum, October 13th through 15th. And you can register for that at uh, prophecywatchers.com. Coming up on A View from the Bunker. Uh, this coming next weekend, uh, because we'll be in Dallas, taking a weekend off from the schedule. Just not going to be able to get a show together. Um, may, may post an, a, a classic episode, seeing as how we got about nine years worth now. Eight years worth to uh, draw on. Um, but the week after that, uh, depending on who we uh, can fit into the schedule here, talked to Ellie Marzulli for Skywatch TV a couple of days ago, but uh, that was a very brief conversation. would like to have more time to discuss his uh, forthcoming project, The Watchmen Chronicles. 
Uh, but also had a great conversation this week with Doug Van Dorn. He's a pastor in Boulder, Colorado, co-host of the Piranormal Peer a Normal podcast with Dr. Michael Heiser, uh, our friend Natalina, and uh, Brian Gadawa, also uh, Doug Overmeyer, and uh, Trey Strickland. Those are the other hosts there. They basically discover peer discuss peer-reviewed research into the paranormal realm, hence Peer a Normal. Uh, Doug is the author of a book that's been out for about three years now called Giants, Sons of the Gods. We don't often encounter pastors, especially Baptists, uh, who are willing to talk about the Nephilim in their churches. But Doug is one of those guys. It's a well-researched book. I'm enjoying the read. Um, He gets into some speculation, but it's all footnoted based on scholarly research. Uh, The book Giants, Sons of the Gods, and Doug Van Dorn. uh, Coming up in April, either the 9th or the 16th. Keep your eye on this space for the schedule. Um, Now, Give us a review. If you get an extra minute or two, log on to iTunes, the uh, app store there, uh, Stitcher, or wherever else fine podcasts are sold, and give us a like next time you're at Facebook, facebook.com slash viewfromthebunker, which is a production of Gilbert House and released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. The opening theme is by Kevin McLeod. His website is incompetech.com. The opening introduction by DC Good. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm Derek Gilbert, and this is A View from the Bunker. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.